0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we are wrapping up a series called Filled with this final message called Still Hungry. Because being filled is more than just what you take in. In fact, our bias toward consumption can get in the way of something far more satisfying. Here's an idea. What if our desire for more is actually a misinterpretation of our desire to give? Pastor Sean continues to teach from the book of John. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
2: He says, remember verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Two parts to that do the will of him who sent me. In other words, I can never just carry out my ministry and go, okay, Jesus wants me to go do the Great Commission, so Jesus, you stay here, I'll go do it, and if I need you, I'll call. I'm gonna go build churches, I'm gonna go reach people, I'm gonna go feed the poor, I'm gonna go do stuff for you. He says, no, 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 the beginning of this is understanding doing the will of the one who sent you, and to do the will, I have to stay close to him so I know the will, okay, I can't just leave him behind. So the first part is relational. It starts relationally, the, my, my mission is about him and staying close to him. So often we get caught up in mission and we forget about the relational part, forget about him, and Jesus doesn't leave any room for that. No, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So yes, it's relational, but that second part, accomplishing his work, it's missional. There are two parts. His work is the harvest of souls, lives change, people radically transformed for the kingdom of God. The harvest is all about the living water we've received being given out to others. And there's two parts to it. It's relational. I want his will, and I want to accomplish his work. And it's missional. It's relational, and it's missional. It's always relational and missional. Churches get into trouble when they try to become only one or the other. When they're only about one or the other, it's always supposed to be relational, but he will always lead you into the missional. We get to be a part of something amazing. We had a great discussion in our elders' meeting we were talking about seeing god's work in people's lives and you know there were elders there there were several pastors there and we're just sharing about you know what we've seen god do that has us excited these days that has us filled with vision and they started talking about different life changes that they've had a chance to see and it's funny every single one of us realized man there's something your heart beats faster the the, the your pulse races a little more when you get to see someone begin to trust Jesus and get to see him begin to work in their lives and see that moment of joy when they realize, my gosh, he's real. When they accept, they embrace, their life is changed because of Jesus. There's something in us. Man, I'm sitting there listening. When I, I've thought of different lives I've had a chance to be a part of and see life change and see them overcome hurts and fears or see them reject the past of hurt and brokenness and come and follow Jesus, there's nothing that will bring me to tears faster than that. Just story of the gospel Changing someone's life. And so we're all sharing, and it's like everybody, the man goes, Yeah, this is a common thing. This is something that just gets followers of Jesus fired up and excited. Mark McElmore sits and says, Well, guys, I get to do this all the time. Mark oversees our River City University, our spiritual growth stuff. And so, you know, he oversees marriage and family stuff. He does some of the biblical guidance, the counseling type ministries, and things like that. He says, I get to see people all the time who are in one place. Begin to trust Jesus, and now they're in another place. He says, my job is better than any of yours. (laughs) Understand, there's three other pastors sitting there. What does he think we do, right, all day? You know, we're sitting playing video games. It's awesome. (laughs) How's it going, Mark? The ministry going good? Thanks, man. (laughs) Now, I know what he meant, though. I understand totally what he meant. That's the kind of stuff that you just get excited about when you see life change. One of the greatest things in the world is to see people begin to trust God and then see Him work. I know what Jesus meant when He said, I have food, I have nourishment, I have something that fills me. Guys, that you don't yet know about, but you will. See, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because I want to wrap this series with this thought. There is a nourishment that can only come from sharing spiritual life. We say that again. There is a nourishment that we are intended to have that is intended to fill us and excite us and and just give us the passion of God's presence, there is a nourishment that can only come from sharing spiritual life. The deep spiritual nourishment or satisfaction of sharing Jesus with someone else and seeing them begin to walk the walk of faith and seeing their eyes light up when they understand, oh my gosh, this God of ours is real. I think Jesus is inviting us to taste the food that nourishes even more when you actually give it away. See, here's the thing. I think you can only take in so much until you need to give some away. Right? There's a natural balance thing at work here of input and output. You know, This idea that, that we have to in some, time, in some way make up room. And I, I, I'm afraid a lot of times in, in American Christianity, we've been taught, no, no, I serve God by going to church. When I when I go to church, I'm serving God, which what you're really doing is filling up. I serve God when I do my daily devotional, and I'm that, By the way, both those things please God, but you're filling up. I serve God when I go to Bible study. I think that's a pleasing thing to God, but you're filling up. And at some point, you got to give out to make room for more. Otherwise, you just get like a big tick. We got Christians running around like big ticks, you know, huge, swollen, with a little tiny head, and you're like, is that normal? Is that I? Oh. It just looks weird. I don't think God intended us to be spiritual ticks. There's something that happens, and I just want to say, if you're, you've been around, you know you believe in Jesus Christ, you trust him, but you're not at a place where you, it's like there's, there's, my passion is lacking. I want to suggest that maybe there's some food, some filling that he wants to give you that you're not receiving. Because there's, he has food to eat that you don't know about. And it can only be found in sharing life, in giving it away. Are you looking for spiritual passion? I want to say to you, start sharing what you've been given. Give it away. Give it away. Three observations from this passage that I think we can draw. First is there's a unique joy in sharing the harvest. Sharing in the harvest. There's a unique joy in sharing in the harvest. This whole idea that Jesus said, He said, My will is my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish work. And then he starts talking to them about the harvest. Life change. And look what he says about the harvest. He uses some very specific phrases. He says that, he says, they are working together, the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. I want you to to make note of that word rejoice. He's not saying may, may labor. He's not saying may suffer. He says they may rejoice together. Harvest is a joyful time. There's a lot of work that goes into it. But harvest, and this is the way Jesus described this. Reaping the harvest is joyful. It's a joyful thing. He talks about the wages and fruit. He says, he says, the sower, he says already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit. There's something that we receive in the context of giving away, giving out. And if you never give it away, if you never share it, there's wages and fruit I want to suggest that you're missing out on. Jesus even talks about, I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you've entered into their labor. Even this is an act of grace. You realize, if you get that privilege of just sharing life with someone, if someone is going through something, you go, well, you know, I'm part of a group of people that believes in prayer. And so you commit to pray for them, and and they begin to kind of be interested, and they begin to ask questions, and they come to follow Christ. Do you realize you are reaping a harvest that others have sown into? God's been working in that person's life since they were born. There have been people who've sown seeds. There have been ideas that the Spirit has planted. So we are enjoying and reaping a harvest that has been part of a lot of people's, God's foremost, a lot of effort. And he says this is a joy. Hebrews 12, 2, talking about Jesus. says, look into Jesus. Remember the scripture said, fixing our eyes. Another translation says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Then He's not saying, and, and who looked forward to the joy of the cross, okay? Jesus was not a masochist. He's talking about the joy set before him. Do you know what that joy was? Our lives being saved. And let me help you with something, not just ours, everybody else's too. All those people who are far from God right now, who you go, wow, I'd hate to have to go through that without, without the Lord's presence. I'd hate to have to go through that without the brothers and sisters in the body. I'd hate to have to go through that alone like they are. Well, so, so would Jesus. He'd hate to see them have to do that. And it was the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about times when maybe you've got a chance to be a part of someone truly finding life in Christ. And if you've never had that experience, I just want to say to you, you are missing it. You need to get some of that. I had a friend who I knew for years, and we were kind of close to each other, and we, we bump into each other. And, you know, he just was watching my life from kind of his seat saw my kids and you know and it's just like wow you guys just seem to have so much fun there's something different about you guys you know he knew i was a pastor but it was like something different something different and so i would just talk and befriend and when opportunity came i'd share and i wasn't preaching at the guy all the time i wasn't dropping literature over the fence or anything like that okay that would have been weird but i was available to him and i was talking to him and eventually the opportunity came for me to pray with him and that was one of the coolest days of my life and to see him he's he's a part of the fellowship. He and his family come and, and just to see him grow. And does that mean he's perfect? I mean, everything's worked out? No, but to see his family get on the same page, to see him begin to have a direction that's following Jesus. That's one of the greatest joys in my life.
1: Now let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in this message called Still Hungry, which is available right now on the sermons page at reallife.org. Just look for the series called Filled, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
2: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now the conclusion to the message, Still Hungry. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: A young couple in our church, uh, they gave me permission to share this. Uh, It was Easter three years ago, Easter in 2014. They got a mailer in the mail from River City and they came. And you need to know, uh, this guy is a tough guy. And when I say that, I mean, you look at him and you go, okay, I would not mess with this guy, okay? Uh, he's tatted up, just, you know, and he'd, he'd share his story. He's, he had kind of a rough past. And he, there was something that they were looking for. They weren't believers, but they were looking for something. His words, I practically cried through half of that service. And you're looking at this guy and thought, I thought you never cried. <laughs> But he says, I practically cried through half that service. And both he and his wife gave their hearts to Jesus, became a part of a group, began to grow. And I just got to tell you, they're one of the couples that I look at, and just to see them maturing as parents, you know, their life's not perfect. You know there's never a promise. Oh, oh, and your life will be perfect. That's not a verse. If if somebody tells you that's a verse, it's not a verse. But to see them mature and to see the, the steady joy through ups and downs, that is something, that is an awesome, awesome gift. I talked to him right before service and just shared with them how many people are encouraged by their story. A guy named David Smodowski, part of our sportsman's group. If you know David, you know David is kind of a rough guy, construction guy. Um, Through the ministry of a couple of brothers in this fellowship, they began to reach out to David, began to minister to David, and he became a follower of Christ. And the joy that that guy shares, and again, not perfect, but filled with Jesus— Another guy that David brought to Lord, Brian Scott. Brian is a guy, both of them struggled with drug addictions in their past, struggled with a life that was not something honoring God and was headed to a dead end. And both of them now honor and serve Jesus, and they help others. Who struggle with addiction, help them come and follow Jesus. I'm telling you, there's something about seeing that kind of thing, seeing people delivered from their addictions and their pain. Then, unless you think this is something that's only for people who are drug addicts or people who've had a really kind of what we call a rough past, I want to say to you, God saved me from my addiction, which was materialism. From my ambition of I gotta gotta do more, have more. He can say, you know, he can even save from that addiction. We all have a testimony. Well, I'm telling you, there's something amazingly joyful about seeing someone begin to have a testimony of personal experience with Jesus. Today, we get to celebrate baptism after second service. We're going to celebrate baptism right in here. A bunch of folks are going to be baptized. It's awesome. One of them is a third-grade little girl. My wife works with the third-grade small group of little girls and uh, upstairs, and the little girl asked Lori to baptize her. And I just have to tell you, Lori is just like... Don't tell her I did that impersonation of her. She's very pretty, you know, but but I'm just saying. She was just excited. It's like, oh, my gosh, because, you know, you got to sow. And now, like Jesus said, with others who've sown in, you are now getting to reap that harvest in joy. There's food to eat that you do not know about. And it's found. It's a nourishment that can only come from sharing life together. So there's a deep, unique joy in sharing that. A second thing that I think is alluded to in this passage and I want us to to kind of get to is our obsession with our physical needs is getting in the way. Okay, when you talk about this joy, you talk about this, our obsession with our physical needs is getting in the way. The woman couldn't get past her need for water. She's always thinking about the physical water, and that's what she's thinking about. Uh, The disciples couldn't look past the physical food, okay? They're looking, Jesus, someone bring you a sandwich? They couldn't get past that. They were clueless. You know, after Jesus fed the 5,000, a bunch of people were looking for him. And this is what he says, John 6, beginning at 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, listen, when you seek Jesus, you better be prepared for him to tell you the truth, because he does. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. In other words, they want more food. Free lunch, Jesus. And then listen to what he says, verse 27. He says, do not work for food, for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has set a seal. Let me just say to you, Jesus is not saying we shouldn't work and earn our wage, because the Bible tells us we should you know, eat the bread of our own labor. We should earn our bread with our own hands. That's the way it should be. He who doesn't work shouldn't eat. That's a biblical idea. He's not saying that. What he's saying is your whole life cannot be about just working to fill your stomach, to meet your needs, to pay the rent, whatever it is. That is a good and honorable thing to do. But he says, if that's the whole purpose of your life, you are missing it. There is something more. He didn't come just to give us good jobs so we could eat well. He came to give us so much more. Listen to what he says. Skip down. They keep talking about bread. And then in verse 35, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He's talking about the big things, the deeper things, the life direction things. But I said to you, that's the big picture. Jesus isn't, he's, he's delighted that you are a follower of his. He's delighted that you've been redeemed. He says, but there are so many more people. That's the Father's plan. And our busyness with our own survival is one of the greatest barriers to sharing and being filled. I'm, I'm just telling you, that's the biggest thing. If, if I ask a lot of people why you don't take more time or why you don't feel like you have enough time, honestly, busyness is one of the biggest things we cram our lives way too full have you thought about that and i mean it's all been set up perfectly for us there's so many people who have access to us all the time social media email i mean they have access to my phone all the time they can call me they can text me they can uh, through through the different social media sites it's like insane thousands of people have access to us at all times and so we overcommit, and we get to where we're right here. And it's like, oh, that person, they desperately have a need, and I know I could help them. I, know, I just don't have time. And we're just paddling just to keep our head afloat because we are so busy with our own stuff. Folks, I want to say to you, that is keeping us from something unbelievably fulfilling and beautiful. Jesus is saying to us, um, here, your, your head is down, and you're doing your work, and that's great. great. Here, hold on. Look, look up. Look up. Look at those fields. Look around you, they're white. They're ready for harvest. Lift up your head. There are opportunities all around you. There are opportunities at work every single day to be a part of this and to begin to experience this rejoicing, this joy, this filling, this food that Jesus talks about. In the neighborhood, at your health club, at the store you shop at, with your vendors that you do business with all the time, there are opportunities everywhere. And Jesus is saying, Breathe a little bit. Lift your head up and look. Look around you. You have a chance to change the world. You have a chance to change people's lives for eternity. What's stopping you? I'm afraid sometimes we're just so busy. See, there's a nourishment for us that can only come from sharing spiritual life. Last thing, the good news is you just have to share what you've already received, okay? Because people get weird and, oh my gosh, what happens? You know, he is the living water. That's what this whole passage started with. That's where we began this conversation. That's what this whole series has been around, being filled in him. He is the living water. He is the bread of life. All we have to do is share that with somebody. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You do not have to be a Bible scholar. People get all weirded out. Oh, what if I start talking about my faith to somebody and then all of a sudden I don't know the answer or something? Like, what will happen if I don't know the answer? Then they'll know I don't have all the answers can I help you with something? They already know. They already know you don't have all the answers. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's real simple to say, you know, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Or I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out. Okay. Here, let me give you practice on something. Just just say with me, I don't know. Just say it. I don't know. Now, did anybody in here die? Any, any, anybody we having to do first aid right now? No? Look, we live through it. It's okay. You do not have to be the Bible answer man. That is not the call. You, don't have to, you do not have to be that. I hope you're growing in the word. hope you're learning. But the point is not that I can answer every question. The point is that I just share what I've already been given. Bread, water, and I share it. And you know, you want the best example? One of the best examples in all the scriptures right here in this passage, this little Samaritan woman. She really is. She is a rock star, when it comes to sharing. Just do what she did and you'll be fine. In verses 28 through 30, we find out, number one, she cared enough to go. She cared enough to go. I love the fact that she literally left her water jar sitting there. It kind of reminds me of the disciples. Remember when Jesus said, come and follow me and they left their boats and nets and everything? She did the same thing. She left her water jar laying at the well. That's what she was there for, There's job to be done, there's thirst to be quenched, there's all this stuff, but she didn't care. She cared enough just to go. And where did she go? She didn't run away and go, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed, these other men are around, I better get out of here. She ran immediately back to the people in her town and said, I gotta tell you something. So it begins just by caring enough to actually go to someone. And for us, you know what that means? Walking across the office. Walking across the room, walking across the street. And just caring. It really starts right there. Second thing is invite them to come and see. The woman issued this invitation. She said, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Come and see. Invite them to come and see. Can you do that? You think you invite someone to come and see? Okay, time for another practice. Come and see on three. One, two, three. Come and see. You guys were very good. Your articulation was nice. I like that. Very good. You see... Seriously, you have something this woman didn't have. She didn't have that opportunity to have a fellowship of people. Jesus said something unique. He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. We have the opportunity to invite people into a community where they get to see it. They get to see what Jesus does. They get to feel it, experience it. You can tell them, but you get get to invite them to come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see Jesus' people. And for those who like would never darken the doorstep of a church service, whatever, we, we have things like Super Bowl parties where you can invite someone to come and see. You can invite them to your community group. Come and see. You can have a community group activity and, and invite someone. Come and see. Just hang around Jesus' people. And watch and see if some of Jesus doesn't rub off. The last thing she did was just share her story. She shared her story. Come and see a man who told me everything I did. I've told you this before, okay? I know, I I don't want to be the dead horse, but your story is more effective than any sermon I'm ever going to preach because you are a living illustration. I can present truth, I can share stories, and that's significant, but when they know you. They've seen you. They know you're a regular person. They know you're not Superman. They know you're not perfect. But when you begin to say, you know what? I was struggling with this, and, and I prayed about it, and let me tell you what God did, or, or boy, I felt the same way, or my family was going through that, and let me tell you what Jesus did. That is powerful. Your story is powerful. That's all the woman did. She cared enough to go. She was willing to say, come and see, and she told her story. And, and you're sitting there listening, you're going, can it be that simple? I'm here to tell you, yes, it can, because it's not about you and I, doing it. It is about the living water that he's placed in us. It is about Jesus. And you'd be amazed if you'll just say, I'm going to care enough to go. I'm going to share life with someone. You'd be amazed at how Jesus is going to transform lives. And what's exciting, And I think about Lori baptizing this little girl today, um, do you realize she's a part of an entire life that's going to be different? Do you realize that little girl's family is going to be different because of her decision to follow Jesus? There's a different family legacy for her family that will happen because of her decision to follow Jesus. And we get to be a part of that. See, there's a nourishment that comes only from sharing spiritual life. My challenge for us is that we would be those people.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Still Hungry or this whole series called Filled